You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 217, The Tyrant and the Traitor. Welcome to episode 217 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am Aquadad. See what I did there? <laughs> we had, sw- we had uh, it was swimming lesson day again today, and so I took Ella for her swimming lesson, and um, we were going through a little exercise they call shark attack, and it's basically where there's some obstacles, so, you know, the kids get used to getting water on them, and and swimming around obstacles, and then going, like, under, um, like, a... a, a pool noodle and all that kind of stuff mm. so she went What's under the jaws revenge exactly it's it, yeah exactly it was it was like one of the later jaws movies and um so she got to the to the end of that and so uh so i was heading around the instructor to go and grab her and she decided to just jump off the little ledge that she was on and mm. uh and and went under so i'm like all panicked so i, I take her out and she's laughing her head off and she's like daddy i went dunk dunk <laughs> and um and and usually she's like i don't want to go dunk dunk so it was a a, a significant uh, landmark. She was actually willing to uh, to jump in, although I, I think it caught her a bit by surprise. Uh, but she certainly caught me by surprise. So that's uh, that's that's my little bit of entertainment for the weekend. Wow, <laughs> go Ella! Oh, uh, I'm skipping me. Hello. Yeah, it's madness. Yeah, I, I want to skip you. It's it turns out it, it's Scott that keeps us all in line, and and when apparently, he, and with him being on a mission in deep space, I got it all it Jerry. all goes to hell. It all goes to hell. <laughs> apparently, I'm Darren Noel, and I'm Invisible Kid today. Who said that? <laughs> oh, whatever. Oh, this is gonna get ugly. Uh, no, it's not gonna get ugly. I don't have the I don't have the energy for ugly tonight. Sorry, folks. Poor Darren. <laughs> I'm Matt Kramer, and this week I'll I'll be the tyrant. So that means Scott's the traitor because he's not here. Oh, Legion oh. traitor, take a drink. Traitor. Yep, take a drink. Ha 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 ha. I'm evil. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I thought we lost you there for a second. That's no. it. All right. All right, then. So we we have, um, that's right, more action run. We got a whole lot of emails saying, please, more action run. <laughs> And yes, most sir. of them, yeah. most of them came from from Arizona. It's like they, it's like they had someone that they were trying to, uh, um, you know, send a message to. Oh, that's I think that's what happened. Yeah, that's the ticket. Well, it's the action run. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. But so, it's okay because we're almost through the action run. So we're almost, almost over. That, that light at the end of the tunnel. It's not a train. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, no, because then it's uh, then it's Cockrum. Unless we're just we Cockrum. do Cockrum. Because, you know, Cockrum tease. All right. So a uh, couple of uh, bits of, of feedback, because I um, Mitchell had posted on the Facebook page about the on a jet ski thing, because we've been saying it for a long time. And it's probably been better than 100 episodes since we actually talked about where that comes from. 
That's true. So, Darren, do you want to uh, give the history? Because uh, sure. I figure we explained it to to Mitchell on the uh, on the Facebook page. But if if he's asking, there's like a dozen people who aren't asking, and maybe they're not on the Facebook page. So, let's uh, let's fill them in. True. Back in uh, the late '70s, I think it was '76 uh, or '77, '78, something like that. Uh, Super Friends was at the height of its popularity, and um, ABC decided they were going to um, spin the superhero characters off into a live action show at night. How could that uh, fail? <laughs> how could that possibly go wrong, folks? So thus, uh, Legends of the Superheroes was born. Now, they couldn't use Superman because Christopher Reeve was flying in the movie theaters. So, Superman. So, that places this around 78 then. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Uh, Wonder Woman was on another network. Thank you, Linda Carter, for doing that. And so that left us with obviously, we needed to have someone. So, they got Batman and Robin. Um, they, they dusted off old Adam West and Burt Ward <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and said, hey, guys, come on back. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yay, a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Batman and Robin um, basically became the, the sort of the lead characters on this show. And then I believe they did get one of the guys who played Captain Marvel on the ISIS Mar uh, Captain Marvel hour on Saturday mornings as well. To, I'm, to I don't know. Cause it, it was is it the same guy? Or it was it Garrett Craig, and I'm trying to remember okay. who played him on the... Um, oh, I don't... That name's not familiar, so it's probably not the same guy then. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember in the TV series. I'll, I'll check. You can mm -hmm. continue. Okay, so they needed some kind of a Superman character, so they got him. So that left them <laughs> with the rest of the ensemble to fill. For some reason, they skipped over Aquaman. This is before all those Aquaman jokes, but Aquaman did not make the cut for the cast. <laughs> what? It's perhaps yeah. where they started. <laughs> it's, it's perhaps where Aquaman's reputation as a loser began. Who knows? Because he, he missed out on this TV bomb. So instead, we uh, we got a Flash, and we got uh. a Green Lantern, yeah, and we got a Hawkman, but they needed, they needed some Hawkman. women... That Hawkman, I know, right? <laughs> they needed some women to fill out the roles because it couldn't have just all guys on the stage all the time. So they uh, decided on Black Canary and Huntress, which may be the precursor to Birds of Prey. Who knows? Interesting. So we, we got those eight heroes up there, and they formed the Superhero Club or the Justice League. I forget what they ex actually called them on the show. And then... Um, for one of the episodes, there was a, a doomsday device where it was going to go up and blow up the world, and only the villains were going to escape. At least we believe the villains were going to escape. Otherwise, why blow up the world? So it was uh, um, Giganta. Um, Frank Gorshin came back as the Riddler, yes. which which you have to watch it just for that. Um, Jeff Altman was uh, Weather Wizard, I believe, yep. and that yep. was pretty hilarious. Yep. Um, we had a Solomon Grundy. We had. Um, was he born on a Monday? He was. And it was Mickey Morton played Solomon Grundy. Okay. Um, who else did we have? We had uh, uh, Ruth Buzzy as Aunt Minerva. No, she was in the next episode. She was in the oh, roast. Okay. Um, um, Howard Morris playing Dr. Savannah. We had Dr. Savannah. <laughs> and of course, we had Mordrew. And uh, Charlie Callis as Sinestro. As Sinestro. There's yes. Charlie Callis as Sinestro. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Callis. Okay. So basically, the, lead, the, the Justice League have to track down where the supervillains are because that's where the bomb is, of course. And at some point, there is a, <laughs> a chase on a jet ski that occurs at some lake somewhere out in California, we assume. 
Um, and it's more Drew on a jet ski being chased by Batman and Robin on on the bat jet ski. And yeah, yeah you that's, do. that's where that reference comes from, folks. That's how crazy. I, at some point, you know, Solomon Grundy has tied Black Canary and Hawkman to one of those <laughs> um, massive jacks you find in a car garage. I mean, it's it's just an awful piece of TV history. But it's fun to watch. To, to me, it, it is up there with the Star Wars, um, Star Wars holiday special. Totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yes, indeed, I agree. But I agree as well. This was an ongoing series. And back then, they didn't cancel after the first one. Yeah, they didn't do the automatic cancel, so they did. They did a second show, which featured all the bad stereotypes of '70s TV ever, and they were um, giving a party for retired man <laughs> because he was retiring. Yeah, obviously, he was. He was going to get his you know, golden Justice League key of service and go off into the sunset. Meanwhile, um, these super villains keep popping in on them to roast the heroes, not to be arrested. So we had that's where we had Ruth Buzzy as the man crazy Aunt Minerva, um, and uh, I think Charlie Callis or or Jeff Altman made another appearance in that mm-hmm. one as recurring villains. But then they had Ghetto Man. Yeah, Brad Sanders played him. Um, yeah. William Shaller played retired man who was uh, whose name before retirement was um, the Scarlet Cyclone. There we go. Um, it's important. Marsha Warfield was in this. Really? Yeah, she she plays an extra who is commenting on Solomon Grundy at the gas station and all the people who keep coming by. Wow. Mm. Um, it, uh, the guy who played Mordrew was Gabriel Dell, who was actually one of the uh, Dead End Kids mm. slash mm. East East Side Kids slash the Bowery Boys. Um, and just to note something we were talking about a bit earlier, um, Captain Marvel was uh, played, as I said, by, where is it, Garrett Craig here. In the TV series, he was first played by Jackson Bostwick and then by John Davey. Okay, so, so, so different different guy, but but of the same, you know, of, of from, the same acting cloth. From the same, say. yeah, exactly. From the same uh, central casting. <laughs> yes. So um, you can find these now. They're out there on DVD. They're out there um, in some aspects. Little snippets are on YouTube, not the whole thing. Um, please go and watch these I with a lot of eggnog. I think uh, it's. There are um, yeah, I they think it's part TV. of that whole because they've got that whole thing now where, um, uh, like, where it, basically the Warner Brothers uh, classic series, which is essentially they make uh, they burn a new DVD for each order. So you know, so there's no carrying, um, there's no carrying inventory for them. So they're 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 putting like everything that they can out on that because they don't have to put you know. Eight hundred thousand of them out there to uh, to get any placement. So it's the Warner Archives, and um, thanks to Darren Goodhart for uh, for for passing that info on. And um, and speaking and the aforementioned Shazam series is also available through that. Um, yeah, so there you go. More Drew on a jet ski. That's where it comes from. Um, I think it's first off. I think it's pretty cool that they used More Drew. Yeah, really. Um, uh, of all the villains, I mean, I exactly. guess you can't use Luthor because Superman was tied up too. Yeah, yeah, so and they, they were like purple and green. Anyone else got purple and green? We like the color ah, scheme. That guy. <laughs> that guy right there. He looks threatening with a big beard and the, the, <laughs> the dress hat and the dress. And <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So um, 
kind of funny that Mordry made his first appearance before any of the Legionnaires in mixed media, isn't it? <laughs> it yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, they were the Justice League of America in this in this show. Um, and of course, um, and Gary Owens did the narrating, so you know it was it was massive. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was like slightly better than Ted Knight's Super Friends anime. Um, wow. Narration. Yeah. I so. It, it definitely out on the um, legends of the legends of the superheroes is definitely available from the Warner Archive, so you should check that out because, uh, yeah, it's it's it, it's actually it might be slightly better than the uh, the 1997 Justice League pilot. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Um, um, the one that had Miguel Ferrer as the as a weather wizard. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, Matthew Settle as as Guy Gardner, who was actually played more like a Hal Jordan type uh, Green Lantern, though he looked a bit more like Kyle Rayner. So you had all three of them in one. (laughs) So so there we go. So that's uh, they actually did um, a takeoff on this. Um, They kind of made fun of it on the Brave and the Bold episode uh, Crisis 22,300 Miles Above Earth. Uh-huh. Where uh, Joker, Penguin, Grodd, Kite Man, Black Manta, Two Face, Gentleman Ghost, Mister Freeze, Riddler, Poison Ivy, Clock King, and Solomon Grundy roasted, <laughs> literally and figuratively, Batman. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> with, but but they had help from a kidnapped Jeffrey Ross, and Jeffrey Ross is of course the guy who uh, who is like the the roast master general right now. He's the guy who uh, hosts. Mo- oh, it's going to be an unfortunate rhyme. Who hosts most of the roasts? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Man. That was a that was a rhyme that it was like ah oh, it's coming but there's no other way around it, just no way around it. So wow. anyway, so that's the legends of the superheroes. So um, uh, you know, you're saying it wrong, Paul. Legends of the superheroes. <laughs> uh, Jared Cardos also pointed out um, that it seems the Avengers, in keeping track of their million members, because you have to have a million members when you've got eighty books that you're in, um, they seem to have uh, have gone the Mission Monitor Board route. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, that was that was interesting, although. You know, superhero icons have been used. I mean, JLA had them oh, on the totally, back of their, totally. you know, um, chairs and such. So this isn't <laughs> unusual, but it's fun to see it like this. You well, know, and, we and, and, and it's on. done in one of those, <laughs> uh, in one of those, and this is classically Hickman, that design. Um, it, it's sort of set up in one of those things that looks very futuristic because Hickman is a bit of a futurist and the way he designs is that way. And, uh, and so it's got, you know, sort of this ring around the... Um, the Avengers logo with all of the symbols, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's got it, it's definitely reminiscent. I, I don't think that's where he's going with it, but uh, I know that's kind of his thing. Um, yeah. So um, anyway, then there was some talk about uh, about different uh, Legionnaires. What would their political affiliation be? <laughs> well, Gates is an anarchist. We know that <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think he's the only one that's sort of an obvious. Really, tell. he's he's the only one we can really speak to i think <laughs> yeah yeah i i don't know i i, I think uh i think wildfire might lean, lean a little right right of center yeah possibly but, mm-hmm. yeah i think they're all kind of somewhere in the middle but uh but you know sort of on either side of that middle and uh and by then of course they're all space hippies, <laughs> space hippies. <laughs> yes yes there nice. you go it depends on who's writing them i suppose yeah um in addition to all this uh 
Well, we know Invisible Kid always votes for the underdog. We know that. So it's true. It's true. Um, so he votes for Ross Perot. Yes. And and We're and interestingly, this only. ended up this ended up our, our good friend Wet Rats uh, Stewart. He uh, he mentioned having a, uh, a a dream where there were really bad. Uh, <laughs> Really bad Silver Age Legion short stories teaching civics lessons. And the only one that he remembered specifically involved taking rusty old school buses out of the Legion's backyard and putting them in the ocean to form coral reefs. Soon we would be able to harvest valuable new coral ores to keep America strong. That was awesome. No no more sausage and pepper sandwiches right before dinner, okay? Because that'll mess you up, okay? Oh, I loved it. It was awesome. Um... Uh, let's see other 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 stuff um, over on uh, Tom Beerbaum's uh, blog it, they're called it's okay I'm a senator dot live dot com um, he has some essays that kind of tie into some stuff and 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 uh, they kind of tie into some stuff we were talking about last week is when we were talking about villains one of the things that we talked about and of course we just talked about him again on a jet ski is Mordrew and he um gets into recollections of Legion uh, number 44, which was part two of the Mordru Arises storyline. And um, one thing I'd forgotten about this was it was Misa uh, merged with the Amethyst Essence. Yeah. I'd forgotten all about that. And that's, uh, that was, that you know, that's, that's kind of neat. Um, of course, Amethyst is back now in Sword of Sorcery. Yes, she and, is. And that's, uh, that's and actually, just uh, dark. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, she's in jail dark. And One hey, catch up. <laughs> good times. Indeed, indeed. So he gets into a whole lot of the uh, sort of background in, in on that story and um, basically gives a summary of, of what was happening and just sort of where they were coming from and why they did it in, in certain ways. And um, anyway, so a, a fun read, uh, especially if you enjoyed that st- uh, story. But there's a lot of the behind the scenes things because this, uh, this was where they were talking about... Um, uh, you know, making some uh, some adjustments to try and figure out how to boost uh, sales for each issue, and uh, so they were playing up the appearance of the appearances of characters that the readers hadn't seen in a while. So in this case, they of course played up the appearance of Projectra with the cover caption "Projectra Returns," um, and um, she of course had appeared a couple of times before, but uh, but she hadn't been drawn by Stuart Eminent at that until this point. So I think I think that's significant enough. Um he also did a little post about the Fatal Five. Ah. Um and this is uh basically never he, heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> just the legends. Um yeah. <laughs> he wrote this a little while ago as part of um um uh, uh, one of the uh, APA LSH uh uh, mailings and uh, so he just talks a bit about the history of them and and also their storyline um, and, and what they did with the characters and we were talking a bit about how what adjustments they would need to make to the characters um, and one of the things he talks about is pers- is for Persuader how they ki- uh, Keith had given him sort of a working stiff uh, um, persona you know when when he uh, attacked quarantine in the uh, in the early issues of of that run and so that gave him sort of a different character than 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 previously um uh mano was more of of an aristocrat 
and yeah. um, you know, uh-huh. and uh, so uh, so you know, a bit a bit of a puffy shirt guy, and uh, which of course, uh, when we had seen him in the, in that Mordruverse story, uh, you know, naturally that was you know that was kind of the persona he was given in that. Um, and of course, he said uh, Therok. They they looked at him as being on the unstable side and someone who had no interest in taking orders from anybody else. Um, and his computer half uh, in in Tom's mind made him kind of an evil version of Spock and or Brainy, but in a kind of a split personality way. And uh, and he says he says I guess we never wrote the monster version of Validus, who I generally regarded as kind of a blank slate, not especially interesting to me. Though I have a feeling we'd have found a lot of interesting angles and aspects t- uh, to his personality if we'd written it. Um, mm. He says as it is, we added Mordecai. This was when they did their their um, um, Fatal Five storyline uh, during uh, Legionnaires, and. Yep. Um, and so he says, as it is, we added Mordecai, a hulking, super strong creature manufactured by the Dominators during the Terra Mosaic. We named him after a, ba- a Babylonian god, and I think the symbol on his chest is some kind of Babylonian character that Chris Sprouse looked up. He says, my idea with Mordecai was to make him a self-pitying brute. He viewed himself as a victim of all sorts of cruelties, while at the same time feeling no sympathy for the victims of the violence and death he was dealing, which he always felt was justified. He longed for the attentions of an attractive female, hence his attempt to turn Gossamer into his own little bird in a gilding, gilded cage in Legionnaires number 3. Uh, he seemed to see himself as the tortured hero and kind of a Beauty and the Beast story, though Gossamer uh, somehow perform- proved quite impervious to his charms. And of course, you know, that, that a lot of the reason for not using Validus was because Graham was back with his family, and that was yep. and they, they, were, they were holding, holding true to that, uh, that storyline. Um... So anyway, uh, all kinds of neat stuff to read there, and it's uh, it's okay. I'm a senator. Uh, livejournal.com and uh, well worth oh, always worth checking out. Yeah, especially after you, after you read it in an issue, you can do the you can read the the commentary. It, it, that's exactly what it feels like. It, you know, it feels like a DVD commentary track. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. So uh, I, I think they're up to forty one or forty two now in comicsology. Oh, oh, oh sweet! Really? Wow. They're at the. I think they're as far now as when Wildfire's brother shows up. Oh, wow! Yeah, that would see, make I'm, a good Christmas gift for a Legion fan, wouldn't it? Yes, yes, it would. Hmm. Yes, it would indeed. No, it's a it's a great series, and uh, and uh, and I've been uh, sort of picking up a few issues at a time because most of them are are, are priced in the in the one ninety nine or ninety nine to one ninety nine range, mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's fun going back to it. It's really a lot of fun going back to it. So, um, yeah. So there you go. I, I don't know what this week's uh, big sale on Comicsology is because it usually is one, but I don't know what it was this time around. I don't remember. So, um, at any rate, let's uh, let's dig into some action run goodness. Do we have to? <laughs> yes, yes, we have to. All right. So, Just for you, Caleb. In, indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, you know he's checking the episode description. He's like, "Screw you guys! I'm not listening." Um, he's listening. Don't so, anyone get fooled by that. <laughs> this, this one goes back into our, our good friends, the Legion Espionage Squad. 
and um, you know the espionage squad is always kind of important uh, mm-hmm. to the to the legion. So we start off um, in uh, oh sorry I should uh, should say you know give a little uh, a little credit to the to the creators here. Um, so we have writer E. Nelson Bridwell. Oh, <laughs> oh, you know it's gonna be a winner. <laughs> a two-parter from Bridwell. Oh, and of course, art by Win Mortimer and uh, inks by Jack Abel. And I'm gonna assume Joe Letteries. I'm not sure. Um, so this came out uh, in Action Comics 390 in July of 1970. So uh, we start off with uh, in a projection room at the UP headquarters, looking at President Perala of the planet Lehem. Having taken over the government of his world, he planned to launch wars of conquest against other planets. And they kind of draw him looking very Castro-ish, I think. Yeah. Um, but this man, Diol Mazrin, uh, spoiled Perala's plans by starting a revolution. The people are flocking to him, and he looks a little... Um, Che. Well, little, well, Che by way of, uh, of, um, what's his face? Uh, uh, Vandal Savage. <laughs> um, yeah. but the, so, uh, the, the, his name is Dial Masarin, and he spoiled Perala's plans by starting a revolution. The people are flocking to him, but they don't know that he is secretly aligned with the evil empire called the Dark Circle. Oh, no. Exactly. Um, so we see a little race of people. They kind of look a little. They look like they've borrowed the costume of um, of what's the, the Hulk villain uh, Whirlwind. Yeah, um, that's a, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so pow- they're powerful. An army of humanoids grown from chemicals. S <laughs> two babies. Yay. Yeah, non living creatures uh, designed to be virtually uh, in- indestructible. And they've been unable to learn much about them. So they shut off the projector, and um, and it turns out this has been presented by a representative of the UP to uh, to uh, Chameleon Boy, and they said the UP wants uh, Parala overthrown, but they don't want Mazarin taking power. So officially, they can't step in. But since the Legion's a um, private organization, uh, that's their loophole. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, because Chameleon Boy is the head of the Legion's espionage squad, um, they refer to him as the Master Masquerader. Mm. Um, so he's uh, looking through the file, and he's uh, formed a plan, but he needs someone to help carry it out. So he decides, okay, I've got five people that I'm going to take, and he chooses Brainiac 5 for his super mind, <laughs> Timberwolf for his super strength and acrobatic ability, Element Lad for the power to transmute one element to another, Saturn Girl for her telepathic powers, and Karate Kid for Super Karate. He's a master of all forms of hand-to-hand combat and a weapons expert. Good thing uh-huh. he had the uh, the Legion trading card set. <laughs> exactly. Got it, got it, need it, got <laughs> need it. it. Got it, got it. <laughs> Special foil edition. Balance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Throw this out physical kid. <laughs> all right, so... Um, not long after this, a ship rockets toward the planet bearing a cargo of contraband weapons. And inside, we have a couple of ne'er-do-wells who are f- they're four hours out, and, uh, and he says, you have the landing site mapped, and they say, wait, look out there, Legion ships painted black to blend in with space. They have us surrounded. <laughs> oh, no, not surrounded. 
<laughs> Some in of them space. are coming this way in spacesuits. Stand by to repel boarders. So the Legionnaires burst in um, from the airlock, and uh, as they say, and like, hey, you don't expect to stop us with those guns, do you? Ray blasters of that type have been obsolete for years. And uh, Element Lad is turning them into helium gas. So everyone's Hi. talking like this. Um, so Chameleon Boy says, suit up and get out to the Legion ships. Our buddies will take you to jail. So um, they've decided, the Legionnaires have said, we're going to use your ship for a while. And um, <laughs> meanwhile, um, Brainy gives... Uh, is it Brainy? Yeah, Brainy yeah, is yeah. giving Prody some chocolate or something there. I hope that's safe for Proteans. I'm not yes, sure. Exactly. So he gives uh, Prody a little snack. And um, and so the the, uh, the six Legionnaires disguise themselves and... Uh, um, Brainy, uh, Chameleon Boy, of course, takes the captain's form, um, and he says the rebels probably know the captain, uh, but you know these tramp rockets often lose crewmen and gain new ones overnight, so you should pass muster. So, um, meanwhile, uh, Karate Kid goes through and takes a look at the uh, cargo, and he says, "I thought so. All these weapons are obsolete." And um, so they, they're trying to figure out that because the, the runners promised the rebels guns that would wipe out those humanoids. But these are obsolete weapons. How can that be? Um, but it's okay because Saturn Girl has got all the information by reading the captain's mind. They, they know what, what the landing place is and where they're going to rendezvous with the rebels. And uh, Mazarin's Lieutenant Shavak will be in charge. And, uh, Shavak, that snake is wanted on six planets. Only six? Exactly. What a wuss. So they land on the jungle clearing, and um, here's the vessel, and and uh, Shavik's there saying they better have what they promised. And so the um, he says, we have the guns you need, and he says, oh, well, I believe you got guns, but whether they're good enough, I'll, I'll check that out. So he gets to the ship's hold, and he picks up a gun, and, uh, and of course, the weapon grows tentacles. Turns out the weapon was Prody. So, um, mm. so he he uh, you know turns into tentacles and and gags him, and then they tie him up, and uh, Chameleon Boy transforms himself into being Chavak, and Prody mm. is going to disguise as the ship's captain, and Saturn Girl does a neat little thing to make sure that uh, that the Cam's act is perfect. She reads uh, Shavik's mind, conscious and subconscious, and transmits all the info into Cam's brain. <laughs> Why hasn't she done that every single other issue? <laughs> because she's busy controlling animals that break out of jails. Yeah, and I'm sure. Ah. I'm sure we'll see this happen again. Probably. Um, Probably. So they come out and say the guns are fine. They even got some recruits. These guys want to join us. And um, and sure, I know I'm always ready for a bit of adventure. I bet you are. Mm-hmm. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. Saying them all. Saying them all. <laughs> oh, Python reference. Take a drink. Uh, take a drink. I <laughs> guess. Ah, all right. So um, so um, he gets a little telepathic message from Saturn Girl saying, read all the men's minds. I'm sure Nim Belev is the one that you want. So he says, Belev, you take charge for the march back. And Belev's quite pleased with this. So um, as they leave, uh, Saturn Girl slips out of the ship and says uh, she's going to head for the capital city, Huevos. Huevos. Huevos, yes. That's where they have the eggs. Um, <laughs> eggs so, are lucky. Yeah. 
So she, so Prody takes off in the ship to deliver Shavik to the other Legionnaires so that he can be tried for his crimes on other worlds. So the rebels get to uh, camp and they're ambushed by the humanoids. So they say, drop the gun crates and defend yourselves. So they're zappy zapping and... Um, and it turns out Shavik had never met these chemical beings before because no one has met them and lived. Oh, no. Except apparently for the cameraman who got images of them at the beginning. Um, well, he wasn't introduced to them. Well, that's fair enough. That's fair. Yeah, he didn't actually meet them. Um, so the, what this means, basically, is that Cam has no idea what to expect. So they're zapping them, and what happens is each of the pieces that they get blasted into grows into a new humanoid. They're like starfish on Earth. Cut them up, and each fragment becomes another starfish. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Hail Hydra. <laughs> Hail, Hail Hydra, indeed. Um, or Star as the case may be. Yeah, indeed. Um, so they say, no more shooting. The more we blast them, the more of them there are. So try your specialties, Bryn and Val. In case you didn't know, he's using the real names of Timberwolf and Karate Kid. Uh, because he can't say... Timberwolf and Karate Timberwolf Kid. And karate kid. <laughs> um, so they get in there and start, uh, and what of course what happens is as they hit them, they break into pieces and each piece turns into a new humanoid. Cut off oh, one no. head, two more grow back in his place. Hail Hydra. Um, Hail Hydra. So, um, they, <laughs> so Element Lad grabs one of the guns and says, out of the way, boys, let's try out one of the new guns. And uh, so he turns the ground under them into mercury because they can't fight them if they're sinking and then the guns that are supposed to help stop them he realizes hey this um this is actually set to fire a harmless ray the rebels will think that the ray is doing the job but of course it's the um turning the ground into mercury and um so the that so they that deals with them and they they start heading uh back to uh march to camp and um so um, uh, uh, Belov comes up to him and says uh, that was great but why not use the new weapons on the heart humanoids themselves they are made of chemicals he said yes but what chemicals do you know turns out that's a well kept secret <laughs> so of course says, it is yes exactly so he says well let's hope we find out soon unless I or we know what element they're made of we can't use those rifles to change them and beat them so um, I can't believe Element Lad almost gave up their cover. <laughs> Would have got away for got away with it too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they they so the meddling kids get to the camp, and it turns out that the boulders are actually fully equipped living quarters, mm-hmm. and uh, that way. Welcome to bedrock. <laughs> indeed, indeed, they're well hidden in case Perala's patrols march through, and they'd never expect a thing. Um, and um, so they're very close to doors. Yeah, exactly. So Mazrin uh, comes comes out of his uh, little uh, lo- uh, little stone hut, and um, he says, "You seem to know me, but I don't know you." Start talking and talk straight, and, and so uh, so they say, "Well, my buddies and I will talk to you and Shavik in private." And he says, "How about it?" And he shows him the sign of the dark circle. <laughs> That's so not really a secret sign there. It's a, it's a <laughs> yeah, zero. It's a zero. Exactly. It's a it's a dark O. Uh, it, looks, it reminds me of the the black spot from uh, the tre- from, uh, from Treasure Island. So, <laughs> so Billy Bones says, "Come on in," and um, they get into the largest of the fake boulders. And it's actually kind of a nice place. So he says, "So." 
This is how you've spent the money of our Dark Circle leaders? On creature comforts? And he says, oh, no, no. Only for me. I don't coddle my followers. <laughs> so uh, he says, yeah, uh, we have a good... That can only end well for him. Yeah, exactly. They've got a, a sun-powered generator in the, uh, in the tree outside. Metal plates capturing the sunlight during the day and storing the power to light their quarters and cook their meals. Mm-hmm. Solar anyway, power. Yeah. 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 Exactly. See, <laughs> even back then, um, or in, even then in the future. Wait. Um, so he says, "I'm satisfied." The circle sent us to help you put help put you in power here, and he says, "Well, I welcome you, Chavik. Go out and keep watch while I confer with our allies." So Chavik gets out there, and his girlfriend Iroa. Um, Shows up there, says he's been neglecting her. And he's, oh, this will really test my impersonation. Hey, now. <laughs> um, and this is where I'll stuff... Check about this is where stuff starts getting smooth. Um, Works so every time. He says, the revolution comes first, sweets. And she says, the revolution? Come on, give me a kiss. And he's like, the things oh, I go through for yeah. this legion. And why don't I get more assignments like this? Um... So Saturn Girl gets to Huevas, and uh, she gets there and, and can't believe the primitive conditions they live in. There's no moving sidewalks. Why, they even have wheeled vehicles instead of air cars. It's like we've Sponge gone from Bedrock to the Jetsons. Isn't exactly. <laughs> so, of course, the um, presidential palace stands out like a Nova in the call sack. It's clear that Perala keeps up with the times, but he keeps his subjects in a backward state. So there's the first air car, and it's Juan Par, who is the chief of scientific development for Perala's government. She eavesdrops on his thoughts, and I think he's played by, um, what's his name, uh, who played the hollow doc on Voyager? Um, uh, uh, Robert Picardo. Robert Picardo, that's it. <laughs> and so he's saying, blast it, where, where can I find competent assistance on this world? Schools don't prepare the young people for scientific careers. I need more help for my experiments. This gives Imra an idea. The eyebrows go up. She plants a suggestion in his mind. Look at look this way, Wampar. You will consider me for a job as your new assistant. And he says, strange. What is it about that girl that makes me want to speak to her? Truly, she can't be a scientist. Because, you know, she is just She's a girl. A girl. Yeah. And um, so he says, you're a stranger here, aren't you? And she says, yes, I've been studying chemistry and related science on my whole world, home world. I hope to find a job here. And he says, well, I happen to be hiring <laughs> what luck and uh so he says you yeah, well, come on my laboratory's in one wing of the palace so they get in there and she sits in one of the anti-grav chairs and uh, he says i'll be with you in a few minutes and um and uh so he confers with an, a young woman who assists him and he says this is the girl i'm considering hiring i'd like you to check her out and she says i won't have to I already know who she is. Oh, I no. know her very well. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Is it true? Has Saturn Curl's cover been blown? Without oh. her help, can the other Legionnaires learn the secret of the humanoids? All answers will be coming forth in the next issue of action. Same action time, same action channel. Oh, boy. Yes. I can hardly wait. What will happen? Matt, Matt, tell us what happens next. Oh, do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, up next is Action 391. I'm assuming it's the same creative team. Yes, it is. I don't know about the letterer. <laughs> yeah, because I've got the issue. and It could be Joe not... Letterese or it could be uh, Corey Letterston. 
<laughs> Mark Alphabet. <laughs> exactly. That's, exactly. Let me see. It's Tom a, Calligrapher. And, <laughs> <laughs> a letterer is actually unknown. There you go, smart Alex. <laughs> so it, what you're saying is it could be Tom Calligrapher? It could be any of yeah. them, yes. That's, that's what I thought. Thank it, you. Could, it could be, um, um, what's his name? Mort Weisinger. Yeah, it could be him. <laughs> yeah, that's Yeah, it. of course. Yeah, that's the <laughs> It's no, obvious. No, but I'll more. tell you, whoever it is, Mort Weisinger berated him at some point. <laughs> Mort Weisinger berated me, I'm sure. Exactly. Uh, uh, this issue is the ordeal of Element Lad. <laughs> what are these legionnaires doing out of uniform, backed up against a cliff with a ragged band of rebels facing an army of fantastic chemical creatures? It's the grimmest crisis that Legion Espionage Squad has ever seen, and success, even life itself, depends on the ability of one member to endure the ordeal of Element Lad. No! <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> bunch of stuff happened. We just talked about it, yeah. and it was obviously <laughs> riveting. <laughs> wow. Hey, this... hey, but Saturn Girl gets some alliteration. She's the telepathic team. Uh, yeah, she sure is. Uh, yeah. And yes, she's waiting for her job interview or whatever. And uh, they, <laughs> the, it picks up right where it left off, where the one girl says that she knows who she is. She walks in. Immer, Immer, Dean, I haven't seen you since we both left Saturn after graduation from college. And it's Marley Jorg. And uh, she wants to know if... Imra was got that job with the science police, and she said that she was going to, but she was too young. They can't understand how we Saturnians can absorb knowledge in such a short time telepathically. Because so she's we're ready to work. Girl. Yeah, she's yeah. just a girl. Hmm. And uh, did did Marley get a get the job? The mysterious ad scientific assistance on Pluto, and oh, it was fine. Wanda, our chief scientist for President Perala, wanted to help her, but they don't turn out good scientists in this backward world. So he wanted, so he went to Saul's system. Yeah, so uh, backward scientists on the crazy rock <laughs> dome planet or whatever it is. <laughs> so yeah, yeah Perala needs extra assistance, and if uh, Marley vouches for her. Uh, she's fine. And the uh, sound goes, oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> Marley finds out that uh, Saturn Girl has already erected a f- thought barrier to keep from keep her mind from being read. And that's good, but we can't let you send any messages outside, you know. Security, you know. And uh, <laughs> she just wants to send one last message to a friend that can be monitored. And Quirrell got a job with Juan Parr at Palace. We'll work with Girl from Home. Signing off. Yeah. She. I'm sure if this had been a few years later, it would have been via CB. Yeah, but I noticed her eyes went up. They did? Her eyebrows went up. (laughs) You know, it's interesting, actually. Looking at her face here, it reminds me. um, Mortimer's art here reminds me a lot of um, Trina Robbins. Oh, that's you know the yeah. big eyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just interesting. At... He's he's kind of shaking it up every now and then. It's not it's mm-hmm. not the same thing necessarily from issue to issue. So I mean, though we make fun of some of the stories, it's still some cool artwork. 
That's yeah. true, but have you seen Saturn Girl sitting there in the blue outfit and the red chair with the blonde hair? She looks kind of super girlish there. A little bit, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and when Mortimer, of course, he drew a lot of Supergirl, too. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> elsewhere, the, the, esp- the rest of the espionage squad is meeting with Mazarin, and uh, they're talking about how once the once Parala is overthrown, the Dark Circle will rule through Mazarin. But then Brainy uh, is thinking how they've got to set up so they're both losers. He gets a telepathic message from Saturn Girl. And uh, the weapons you brought are supposed to defeat the humanoids, but how can you be sure no one has ever faced them? Who's left to tell about them? Correction, we met them on the way to this camp. And yeah, they just recap how they uh, beat them up and they created new ones and they won by turning the ground to mercury. And I thought the guns would work on the humanoids themselves. Yes, once we learn their chemical composition, so that they can set the rifle's controls properly. Those are really obsolete ray guns. We must <clears throat> my power to change elements, which I use to change the ground to mercury, which we learned one panel before. Again. <laughs> and meanwhile, Brainiac 5 whispers to Roddy Kid that uh, they got a that he got a message from Saturn girl, but there's another Saturnian there, and that means I can't get the facts out about the humanoids because her thoughts would be detected. Outside, Chameleon Boy, standing guard disguised as Chavak, the rebel lieutenant, finds an interesting distraction. <laughs> you don't pay enough attention to me, Chavak, honey. The revolution comes first, sweets. Didn't we already <laughs> find this out? Good thing Saturn Girl read the real Shavik's mom transferred his memories to me before instant prison. I know this is girl, Euroa. It's, yeah, we... <laughs> it happened five minutes ago. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> Remember? Remember that? <laughs> when she kissed me a minute ago, I detected no real warmth. Obviously, the other men steer clear of her because she's Shavik's girl. But, I, <laughs> but I'd guess she likes Nimbelov better. Of course... Look at that haircut. Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. Uh, and, uh... Back in the camp there, just some discussion going on. And Karate Kid, we've got big problems, Squirrel, but first, let me wash the slime off my hand. I got it while fighting in those humanoids. Hey, now. And they uh, get, the, get the sample off of his hands because it's a part of the humanoid's body. And he's going to study it to find out what chemicals they're made out of. The lab's a little primitive, but it's the best they have to work with. What isn't primitive by brainy standards? Come on. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And, uh, oh no, outside the camp, the humanoids have gathered and there's a battle. And, (laughs) oh oh no, we gotta stop them at all costs. And Jan runs into the lab. The lab, brainy's our only hope. No time to spare now, pal. Paralysis chemical troops are swarming into the camp. I'm almost through. Another minute. A minute? I'm not sure we have a minute. While you were saying that, I finished. Here. The four humanoids farm. Go get them, Jan. Uh, brain. That. (laughs) That's. Yeah. 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 Outside, Element Lad comes up on a scene of havoc and 
the humanoids are unstoppable. So he tells everyone to set their rifles to point zero zero, and because obviously point zero zero means they're going to hurt them a lot. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, how comes the biggest job since I joined the Legion to defeat a whole army with my power and make the Rebs think their guns did? First, I'll turn these brutes to neon gas. And these bullies are becoming tissue paper. That makes them about as dangerous as paper towel. Paper towels, not paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> but paper towels, not dangerous at all either. Yeah, that's true. Unless that's true. you're a nasty spill and it's a bounty. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Star the quicker picker-upper now? Is that what we just yes, said? Yes, okay. exactly. Fair exactly. enough. Exactly, once she's in that combination. Mm. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nerd alert. A uh, bunch of the other one, humanoids start flying off into space because he turned them into a magnetic lodestone and they are Wait, lodestone? Lodestone. Hold on. Yeah. Who do we know who's a lodestone? Hold on. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Him. Polestar. Uh, some more get turned into bismuth which is heavier than lead but brittle so they can hardly move and when they do they break and the last one's turned to stand they're crumbling with every step and then uh, this settles it you roll a spell of good she won't miss Chavak and oh but Jan's wiped out he's tired he's he feels like he's gonna collapse and uh, the the rebels are yeah we've beaten the only army near the capital onto Wavis were overthrown Parala <laughs> hooray Mazarin forever done with dictator and oh we can't we can't let him do it our plan depends on Jan being there and he can't walk he's too weak from exertion so they they carry him. <laughs> Hopes he's rested enough to do his job by the time they reach they reach the capital, and they get there, and <laughs> it's the humanoid guards rush defend, but he changes them to water, and then, and then the rebels press forward. And, uh oh, there's a force field. Of course, there is. <laughs> turns his force field on. And walks through it because the force fields are nullify each other. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> then he gets a message from Saturn Girl Brainiac in the central control room. We'll give you directions, but of course, Marley picked up the message and comes running very awkwardly after Saturn Girl. Waves <laughs> her out with one punch. I hate to do this, friend, but you're on the wrong side. <laughs> and then Brainy comes, hi, thanks for the assist. <laughs> and his force shield protects him against the guns, so he can smash the machine that's uh, powering the force field. And the rebels come in, and they take the they take the palace, and they're going to hold Parala and his cohorts for trial. Yes, but I must see to something else now. And the dictator's treasure vaults, greedy old master, and his money mad. And so they go in, find a bunch of, find a bunch of money, and Karate Kid uh, suggests that uh, they give a couple of chests to the people to show them their generosity. 
and he, he falls for it. And they take him outside, and uh-oh, Jan changes all the treasure to useless rocks. And, mm-hmm. and they accuse him of wanting to, tr- to keep the treasure for himself, and <laughs> he thought they'd get away with it, and they arrest uh and you know what, Matt? He would have, too, if it weren't for those meddling kids. Meddling and their, kids. And their oh. little protean uh, pet. <laughs> ruh <Ruh-roh. laughs> And Bella will eat until it looks in And Shavik ducks out of sight and to resume his true identity. It all worked out perfectly. Now I can be myself again. Right, chameleon boy, but how is Jan? The last chore, there was too much. He passed out. Oh, no. And the uh, Legion cruiser then comes to pick him up afterwards. And <laughs> Jan wants to know if they, if they did it. And then, oh, Karate Kid walks in and says, As leader of the Legion, I plan to recommend you for a bonus for this job. Well, my bonus? What? I know. But is that up their tax code? Uh, perhaps. And uh, he sure can do it too. Wow, he gets a double bonus. Double bonus. Job Jan. Jan. Crazy. We need a double bonus for reading that one. Greatest tale ever. <laughs> Greatest tale ever. That issue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, I didn't read the Superman story, so maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll have to look through the Superman uh, showcases and and see if we get to that one at all, because I don't think we get. I I I've got the first four volumes of that, and I don't think we're there yet. So anyway, um, so there we have it. Indeed, that's the what, espionage squad wins again. <laughs> don't they always? They do. They're like the anti Caleb. They are. <laughs> they always win. <laughs> <laughs> Will they ever not win? <laughs> no. Eventually. Oh wait. Yeah. 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 Eventually. Yeah. That whole asteroid thing. Yeah. Right. Right. <sighs> if only they hadn't let Colossal Boy drive. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> Disaster waiting to happen right there. Indeed. Well, you can grow. <laughs> it's true. He does have the coolest superpower ever. That's true. All right. Um, hey, we have a couple of birthday shout-outs to, uh, to give. Oh, okay. There were a couple of birthdays this weekend. First off, um, actually, both people that we've had on this show. Oh. Mm-hmm. Was it not Josh's birthday this weekend? It is what? Josh's birthday, and oh I God. promised him a, a, an Ultra Boy-free bashing We episode. totally didn't make fun of, of Ultra Boy... Yeah. yeah, and <laughs> we're 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 pretty much at the end. So yeah, pretty the, much. The yeah. odds of us doing that are are fairly slim. And we I'm can really only gonna make try. one legionnaire at a time. You know, so. <laughs> I'm really gonna try. I really <laughs> hope I can do this for you. Um. Uh, so so yes, a happy birthday to Josh. Happy birthday, Joshy. And <laughs> also someone else who's been on the show. Ah, Mr. John Suntress. Johnny Sunchips oh. uh, has a birthday Indeed. today, so a happy birthday to John, and you can, of course, hear him over on Word Balloon. You already Indeed. listened to him. You know you do. And um, so so there we go. A couple of birthday shout-outs, and um, anyone got anything else? We good? I think we're good, sir. I, I think we're good. Let's shut her down. 
All right. Indeed. Comments, as always, can be sent to Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join us in the conversation on the forum. It is forum.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. You can join us on the Facebook. It's where the real conversation is happening. And you can search for it on the Facebook, or you can just type in facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. It takes you right to our page. You can join in. And always lots of stuff going on there. A lot of fun people. So, uh, so do join in there. And we are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all of these things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, and you can comment on this or any other episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble, and we're going to head back to the 21st century, and we will see you all next week. Mm-hmm.